Day two of the Texas legislative session off to a slow start in the House. Today's lengthy debate over the rules and why they're so important. And it's been more than three years since the arrest of a woman accused of killing an Austin mom and kidnapping her baby. The ultimatum the judge gave attorneys today. And I'm meteorologist David Yeomans live on a warm winter day at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. Your first warning forecast coming up. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Daniel Marin. Britt Moreno is off. Air travelers nationwide are feeling the ripple effects of thousands of delays and cancellations after this morning's FAA safety system failure grounded all flights nationwide for about a half an hour. Uh, within minutes, we were out at the Austin airport delivering the unwelcome news to flyers. Nearly 250 flights were delayed there. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says the system that stopped working is routinely updated and upgraded. As NBC's Alice Barr reports, there's now an investigation underway into how that system, with all of its backups, could have failed. Epic air travel gridlock slowly unsnarling today with flights gradually resuming after a computer outage at the Federal Aviation Administration forced it to halt all domestic departures nationwide. The cause still up in the air. I've directed FAA to figure out exactly how this happened. The FBI has said there's no evidence of a cyber attack, though Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg cautioned. We're not prepared to rule that out. The FAA's notice to air mission system that alerts pilots to critical things like runway closures failed this morning, forcing a ground stop for about an hour and a half. I had to change my flight to tomorrow morning. It's a damper on things for sure. The massive disruption raising questions about the state of technology at the FAA, and it comes as Congress is preparing to reauthorize FAA legislation that sets the agency's course for the next few years. If we need to, make some improvements, make some funding increases so that it can improve the system. Money has been thrown at the problem, and the problem seems to get worse. Republicans slamming the Biden administration for this latest in a series of air travel woes. Secretary Buttigieg vowing. We're going to own it, we're going to understand it, and we're going to make very clear what's needed in order to fix it. While stressing that when the airlines are at fault, the administration has stepped up pressure to take care of customers, weary of delays, disruptions, and disappointment. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. Now, because the airlines were not at fault in this case, travelers unfortunately do not have the option to get their money back. KXN's Jayla Washington is live for us at the Austin Airport. Jayla, how much of an impact did the outage have on flights there today? Hey, Daniel. Well, I can tell you, we have been watching a number of flights pick back up the planes coming and going out here, as you can see there behind me. But of course, we are still dealing with those delays as well as cancellations. Right now, though, Southwest Airlines and United have canceled more flights than other airlines, both at 12% for its total amount of flights for the day and counting. Now, Southwest still has more flights canceled and delayed compared to other airlines, but it's important to note more people choose to fly Southwest from Austin than any other airline. According to the airport's latest travel numbers from late last year, out of thousands of passengers, nearly 40% were flying Southwest. The overall tone today, though, among people who we spoke to, much more calm compared to a few weeks ago during an absolute mess during the holiday travel. Oh, I've got two daughters both flying out. One's on American Airlines to Denver to go back to school, and her flight's delayed three hours. The other one I just dropped here 
She's southwest to go to Washington, D.C. They were complaining about it. I said, no, I asked them to delay the flight so you guys could have lunch together one last time. A bunch of messages saying that uh, we had to change our flights. They sorted it out, thankfully. Now, the airport is telling us, thankfully, travel today is not as busy overall. So uh, probably why a lot more people are having more luck getting rebooked and rescheduled on their way. Uh, plans that obviously they didn't want interrupted, but it has been certainly less disruptive than what we saw a few weeks ago. Reporting live from Austin's airport, Jayla Washington. I'll send it back to you. All right, Jayla, thank you very much. And we're following some breaking news just down the road in San Antonio. 15 people have been hospitalized after a carbon monoxide leak at the Hotel Emma. That is in the Pearl District, if you're familiar. The hotel had been evacuated but is now back open. Back in Austin, Megan Firamuska, the woman accused of killing her best friend and kidnapping her baby, did not appear in court for a pretrial hearing today because she's in the COVID unit at the Travis County Jail. But attorneys still met with the judge who told them to come to an agreement on the next steps of the case soon or it will go to a jury trial in March. The victim, Heidi Broussard, was found dead in December of 2019 in the trunk of a car outside a Houston area home. Broussard's daughter, who was three weeks old at the time, was found alive and in good condition. Prosecutor Safira Muska tried to pass the baby off as her own. Austin Public Health says the COVID-19 Omicron subvariant XBB 1.5 has been officially detected in our area. It's also a subvariant that contains more mutations capable of evading immunity than any other variant. XBB 1.5 accounts for more than 27% of cases nationwide and that's growing. The best way to protect against the virus is to be up to date with vaccines and boosters. And APH also recommends those at risk just keep those masks on. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, we're back live at the Wildflower Center on a beautiful, breezy, warm January day. The second warmest start to January in Austin record-keeping history continues. Matter of fact, when I was live here at the Wildflower Center last month, the wind chill temperature was 70 degrees colder than the air temperature is out here today. I'll take it. Check out the temperatures across the area. 76 right now in Austin and in Georgetown. The hot January weather has been kept out to the west today. 84 in Mason actually found a couple rural thermometers that made it to 88 in both Llano and Mason counties this afternoon. Temperatures in town kept to 78, not quite as warm as the 84 degrees that we saw out there yesterday. And here's why the bone dry, low humidity air stayed in the hill country instead of penetrating the metro area today. When you have more humidity like we have from Austin eastward today, that actually limits how warm your temperatures can get on conditions like this. Evening planner, boy, it looks beautiful out there. Mid 70s through your dinnertime plans, mid-60s with dry weather and just a few clouds at 11 p.m. Coming up, things start to change tonight. We've got a quiet cold front moving through that's going to mean a lot of wind and much cooler weather behind it. That and some rain looking possible next week in first warning weather. All right, David, thank you very much. Lawmakers got back to business today at the Texas Capitol. House members spent hours debating the rules for the chamber this session. Now, those rules will influence who has power and which bills get considered on the floor. Capitol correspondent Ryan Chandler followed the debate and has more from the Capitol. Well, it's a new session with some new faces in the House chambers right behind me, but do old adversaries just start fresh? Any hopes of that were quashed today in a drawn-out House floor fight that showed old grudges die hard. All members voting. There have been 64 hours and 85 days the amendment fails to adopt. 
Some of the most conservative members moved quickly to limit the influence of Democrats, specifically in response to the walkout that broke quorum and prevented Republicans from filing election legislation for a time last session. And some of the most conservative members went farther. Representatives Brian Slayton and Tony Tenderholt filing a series of amendments aimed at preventing Democrats from being named to chair House committees. Also filing amendments trying to ban gender-neutral language and require committee chairs to disavow Marxism. Those amendments failed to pass or were killed on parliamentary points of order. Mr. Speaker, members, this uh, amendment's pretty simple. Uh, in woke corporations and on Twitter, there's an unhealthy trend of people inserting their preferred pronouns in their bio signatures or signature. These kind of games should not be played in the Capitol. I rise on a point of order under Rule 11, Section 2, that this amendment is not germane. But we spoke with the chair of the House Democratic Caucus. He says his party still has a lot of tools to fight back. Democrats will be here. We'll be ready to fight. We will use every page of our rule book, every comma, every colon, every subchapter to defend the values of people for the people of this state. From the first floor fight of the 88th session, Ryan Chandler, back to you. Thanks to Ryan for that. And lawmakers worked through 21 proposed amendments to the House rules. Only two of them were adopted, including the measure to add penalties for breaking quorum. The rules package passed by a vote of 123 to 19. Nine days after his heart stopped on a football field in Cincinnati, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin has been discharged from the hospital. The team announced the news on social media today. Hamlin's doctors say they are confident he can continue his rehabilitation at home and with the Bills. Hamlin has been the focus of an outpouring of support from football fans across the country. His GoFundMe for a toy charity he supports has brought in over $8.7 million. Hamlin has also now applied for trademarks for the phrases, did we win? And three is back. Is it time to update liquor labels? Just ahead, what you may not know about alcohol and cancer risk. Also the purchase that makes Hayes County home to one of the state's largest areas of wilderness, open space and water quality protected lands. And Elon Musk now holds a new Guinness World Record and we're pretty sure it's not one he set out to break. The U.S. Supreme Court today said a sweeping New York gun control law will remain in effect while a legal challenge against it continues. The new Concealed Carry Improvement Act bans firearms in many places, including a wide range of sensitive locations. It also increased training requirements for applicants and requires them to provide more information, including a list of social media sites. The law was put in place after the high court struck down New York's century-old system for granting permits to carry handguns outside of the home. Well, there's a growing movement in the medical community to update alcohol warning labels. Now, despite evidence linking alcohol to an increase of some cancers and other diseases, warning labels haven't been updated since 1988. Tonight on NBC Nightly News, Marissa Parra looks at how experts say the labels should change. Scientists have known for several decades that consuming alcohol increases risk for several types of cancers. And unfortunately, most Americans are not aware of this link between alcohol and cancer. And ahead on Nightly News, what we can learn from research into those graphic labels that were put on tobacco products. Well, the native plants behind me at the Wildflower Center browning up a little bit for the winter. Today, another day without measurable rain. Rainfall Almanac only showing seven hundredths of an inch for the year so far. Eight straight days now since our last measurable rain in town. Your first warning forecast with a better prospect of rain next week coming up. 
Hayes County is now home to one of the state's largest area wilderness, open space, and water quality protection lands. That's after it partnered with an organization and a developer to make sure more than 1,000 acres of land in the San Marcos area remains untouched. KXN's Sarah Alshea explains why they did that and their future plans for the area. Nature. It's what Kate and Greg Schnauz enjoy most about the hill country, places like the Purgatory Creek Natural Area. I love coming here and looking at the diversity of, of uh, plant plant life um, through the different seasons. Great wildlife out here too. I saw a fox one day and I saw uh, a doe and a buck. And now more of this land will remain untouched. La Cima, a housing developer, owns this more than 1,000 acre piece of land outlined in red. So there are caves, sinkholes, cracks, fissures, all sorts of ways in which the water makes its way directly down into the aquifer with no filtration. This is an extremely sensitive property. Frank Davis with the nonprofit Hill Country Conservancy says the developer came to them proposing the land to be a conservation easement. They're basically saying right now we're making the choice for the future to ensure that this land is protected forever. If it changes ownership, that conservation easement remains in place. Now expanding the combined area of protected land to 3,200 acres. Davis says while it'll take some time, the idea is to incorporate trails throughout. It brings comfort to the schnauzes knowing there are efforts to preserve the natural beauty in the area. Go up and you know touch a tree, smell a flower. That uh, feeds our soul, I, I believe. It's, it's so vital. Sarah Olshah, KXAN News. And there are efforts to bring even more trails to the county. It's in the process of figuring out how to spend the $75 million parks and open space bond that passed back in 2020. That money is meant to help establish parks, open spaces, and conservation lands throughout Hayes. All right, let's check back in at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center with David as we wrap up another warm day, David. Daniel, I'm sorry you're stuck inside. I'll enjoy it for the both of us. <laughs> Temperatures are 75 degrees here in South Austin this evening. After some dense fog lingered in some areas until 10 or 11 a.m. this morning, it turned into another spectacular day. On the satellite and radar overhead, you can see the maps are almost completely clear. We had some mid and high clouds breezing through at times today, but what we're really looking at is a little change in the weather coming tonight. You see that big comma shape to our north. That's a low pressure system that has made the trek from California toward Texas over the past 36 hours or so, and the cold front is just hours away from moving through central Texas here at home. Temperatures are cooler behind it, 60 degrees in Amarillo, but not Arctic cold, 78 ahead of it in San Antonio, almost 90 today down in the Rio Grande Valley, 70s from Houston to Corpus as well. Abnormally warm weather continues with this breezy southwest wind through the evening, but here comes the front quietly blowing through the hill country late tonight, the Austin area at about midnight in our eastern counties before you wake up in the morning. Again, no sharp temperature drop with this one. It's not like a big Arctic air outbreak, but it is going to cool us off gradually and make a pretty big difference in how it feels tomorrow. 40s to near 50 with gusty north winds when you wake up. Temperatures still in the 50s at lunchtime tomorrow and a beautiful sunny day tomorrow afternoon, but a much cooler, more typical January day. High temperatures more than 20 degrees cooler than today, especially in the hill country. By Friday morning, 
morning. Look at this. Starting to look like heater weather instead of AC weather like today. 30s across the area. Another beautiful afternoon with sunshine and highs in the 60s. Wrapping up your work week in a couple days on Friday. The wind is going to be a problem with this, not because it's going to cause any damage, but because it's going to spike cedar pollen levels. Tomorrow, north, northwest winds blow all of those cedar trees pollen right into the Austin area. Burnett, Fredericksburg, these are some of the areas with wind gusts up to 25, 30 miles per hour. Tomorrow through the day, breezy winds continue with wind gusts of 25 miles an hour or better. This is also going to present a high wildfire danger, so we'll be on the lookout for that. By Friday, finally, the winds subside and hopefully a little allergy relief temporarily as we head into the weekend. Tonight's forecast, cooler and still clear. Not a drop of rain coming with this front. South winds swing around to the northwest. We wake up near 50, end up at 64 on a gorgeous sunny afternoon. It's not jacket weather the next several afternoons behind this front, but it is more typical wintertime weather. High temperatures in the 60s Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. South winds return this weekend, boosting highs back to the 70s on Sunday. Hey, your first warning on the more promising possibility, at least, of some rain next week. Dry weather through your upcoming holiday weekend, but next Wednesday we're starting to see some more solid indications of rain making it to central Texas. That would certainly be a welcome sight. We will keep you updated as that system approaches. Seven day forecast looks nice and cool for the next several days behind tonight's front. Low temperatures on Saturday morning, a rural freeze 37 degrees in downtown Austin. Martin Luther King Jr. Day looking wonderful and warm all over again. Temperatures go from the 60s back to 80 by early next week. Rain chances next week held at 30% for now. David, thank you very much. Well, how long did you wait for a tax refund last year? Just ahead, some welcome news about the IRS backlog. Elon Musk can add a new title to his resume. Guinness World Record holder for the largest loss of personal fortune in history. Guinness announced the record-setting loss, citing data from Forbes. They report Musk saw his fortune shrink by $182 billion since November of 2021. Most of that is because Tesla stock lost about 65% of its value in 2022. Guinness noted the exact figure of the money loss is almost impossible to calculate, with some outlets estimating he lost more than $200 billion. The previous record belonged to Japanese investor Masayoshi Son. Back in 2000, he lost $58.6 billion. A watchdog group says the IRS is in much better shape ahead of the new tax filing season. The IRS says it's hired 5,000 customer service reps who were trained in taxpayer rights and technical account management issues. A new report from the National Taxpayer Advocate, the office assigned to protect taxpayers' rights, shows just how much this additional staff has helped the agency chip away at a mountain of unprocessed returns. The IRS started 2022 with a backlog of 4.7 million individual returns and 3.6 amended 3.6 million amended returns. By late December, there were about 400,000 unprocessed individual returns and less than a million and a half amended returns. All right, it is Chicago Wednesday tonight on KXAN. We have all new episodes of Chicago Med at 7, Fire at 8, and PD at 9 o'clock before we're back with KXAN News at 10. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.